Hello, hello, everybody. It's 4.29 a.m. Central Time on the 13th of March, 2023. It's Monday morning here in the United States, and I hope you're doing well. We are live now on YouTube, and I'm recording as well, so we can upload this back and listen back to it in a premiere. So if you missed it, no problem. We'll be able to watch it back as a video. But we are live on YouTube, which is a big change for me. I don't know how many people are in here right now, but we're reaching nearly a 1,000 people at this time in the morning. It's a huge change. That's 10 times more than I would ever reach over on Twitch. That being said, welcome in, everybody. Let's get a display capture turned on. You can go ahead and share this live stream out now, but we'll play this back as a premiere as well, like I said, in case you miss it, since there's no rewind option right now on my stream. Let's talk about what's going on. We've got multiple new deep earthquakes that have taken place over here in the West Pacific, down below Fiji in the plate foundry area that's been in motion for the last 10 years I've been monitoring down below here. And down below what? Down below the plate boundary of the Indo-Australian plate. There's Fiji, here where my mouse is, over to the west. We have our other deep earthquakes at Solomon Islands and up off the coast of Japan. Now, these are raised high off the globe, so you can see them easily, and or off the planet. I shouldn't call it the globe. You know what I mean? But here we go. On the planet, here we go. We see multiple, as a little pun, uh, our deep earthquakes are raised high up, so we can see where they are. And we have letter Ds where we have forecasted areas for new deep earthquakes to take place. The Ds do not move. They are static here on the planet and we watch for new deep quakes to happen here over and over again and spread out in a way following these red lines these plate boundaries that i show in all my updates and it spreads out from where it comes up so comes up from down below and then spreads up out and away over to the united states up and around through alaska it spreads out over to europe turkey and so forth all the way over to the west it also spreads across over to the east and we tend to see the same sized earthquakes break out on most sides of the plate where we have deep earthquakes. And in this case, we have multiple deep earthquakes spanning all the way over to the Mideast and down below Eastern Europe. And in the Mideast, we have our letter D here. That's where the one set of deep quakes is. But a moderately deep quake below Romania, below the eastern side of the Craton of Europe, that's a sign of shifting going on from Turkey to Romania. That's again, you see it raised high off the globe there it's down at 137 150 it's down at the bottom of the plate not below the plate but at the bottom of the plate meanwhile in turkey a new outbreak of fours took place across the whole plate boundary area which broke and i'm calling it a plate boundary now the anatolia fault anatolia plate boundary kind of like the san andreas now so we have multiple new fours that have gone in a line about almost 100 miles long of fours broke out today. They're all marked in white over the past day. Now, these are the same size of the earthquakes that came in from the day before over to the east. It's like a flowing river now. It's going into Turkey. And over to the east, marked in pink. You see them there, marked in pink and red? Look at the magnitudes. They're the same size as what now is struck in white over here to the west today. And how are we tied from Tajikistan over to Turkey? Let me show you. Tajikistan over here, Turkey over here, and same-sized earthquakes at both going across and out 
over into Romania at this point. That's what's happening. The wave is traveling across. What wave? Well, it's the wave I show all the time. Oh, wait, wrong button. The wave that I show all the time, which is our standing wave of earthquakes. What happens is this wave generated by the deep earthquakes spreads out following the whole planet, following these red lines, following out and away. And then you get a spacing of earthquakes that are about the same size, just like waves in a tank, in a standing wave tank. So imagine this is like a 4.5, a 4.6, and a 4.7. They're coming in and they reflect back into themselves. And as they reflect back into themselves, all of a sudden we get a 4.7, 4.8, and a 4.9. They go up in intensity or up in magnitude. Amplitude is increased. The power is increased. So we go over, we reflect back into ourselves, and that's what's happening now. And where we're reflecting back into ourselves, we should get a new break which brings us right into central Turkey, back to the volcanic range that just got hit previously, where the 4.8 caused damage. The 4.8, the biggest of the bunch, struck next to a volcano. And I'm not going to try to pronounce that volcano name again. I'll show it to you instead. And uh, again, getting me to try to pronounce anything properly is impossible, and especially at 4.30 a.m. my time. Let's turn on our volcano place marks and show you the volcano. So we spread in Turkey over to the west. Why did we spread? Where did we spread? Well, look where we went to. Erisij. I said I wasn't going to try to pronounce it. We could go over to a translator, but there we go. Your eye might be drawn to something else that I found in the area, which we will discuss at another time. But we've spread over to the west to the volcanic group. Why? Because that's a weak point. That's the weak point to the west. The wave it that I've been talking about in my updates for the last 10 years. The wave is spreading following the plate boundary. So the wave is trying to go to the west, and there's a volcano to the west. The wave has been trapped up in here, getting reflected back into itself, with not much creeping out beyond over to Italy. Wave reflecting back into itself, back to Turkey. Now it's going to Romania, and it hasn't gone to anywhere in Romania. It's gone to eastern Romania. Where did we warn in eastern Romania? Anybody remember? I don't remember the name of the town. I have to go look it up myself. It was next to the South Hargita Mountains. So let's turn on our borders and labels. I know it was over here somewhere. I just got to remember the name of the town. There it is. Bacau. We had warned Bacau, B-A-C-A-U, on the east side of the S-shape plate boundary. It took a week for this to hit. Now, look where it struck. It struck right down south of Bacau at the bend of the plate, right here. So, that's the earthquake we're looking for. It's on the east side. It's about a half magnitude under. It took a full week for it to hit. Now, you'll notice... The size of the earthquake in Romania is about the size of the earthquake that struck down here southeast of, where is this? Oh, I'm sorry, southwest of Greece. Or the other earthquake, the 4.1 to 4.2s, that struck up in Italy. And, of course, the greater earthquakes in Italy from several days ago. 
Let's recap, guys. I know this is mind-numbing information, but we have a bunch of deep earthquakes. We've got spreads of earthquakes spreading out from those deep quakes. That's a standing wave of quakes, and it's dropping off earthquakes all the same size all the way along the way, spreading out and away from where the deep quakes are coming up. Now, I have to check off a few areas where we warned. Somebody wrote me from Sri Lanka. Do you even know where Sri Lanka is? Anybody know? I had to go look it up. No, I'm just kidding. Down here, south of Italy, or Italy, India. South of Italy, India. Little India. Yeah, that's the ticket. Now ah, we're live. Where's my pen? Do I have a pen? I'm going to throw it and say the F word. So, down here, Sri Lanka. Pretty obvious. Somebody wrote me from there. Down below one of my videos from yesterday or the day before. So, it's in the past two days, somebody wrote me. And they asked, are they going to get hit in Sri Lanka? And I told them, you have a flowing river to your east and a flowing river to your south of seismic energy. And it will go around you like a rock and a river. Now, let me show you the rivers. The rivers are the plate boundaries, the red lines that I've been talking about in these updates. And right here is India. Here is Sri Lanka. Let me back this out one click. There we go. And I told them they have a river to their east and a river to their south, which goes all the way down here. And it would go around them up into Myanmar, make a hard bend, go through Nepal, and then go out over to the west. And same time, it would go up this way, up into the Gulf of Aden and the Gulf of Oman, but that's the Carlsberg Ridge, the number seven shaped ridge there. Go up the Carlsberg Ridge into South Iran and bypass them. Now what happened today? Myanmar has been hit by a 4.8 going up and around the bend of the plate boundary right here. Going around them like a rock and a river. The next step on this that has not taken place, so you can check it off the list if you're keeping track of areas that I named, because I know some people are really, really watching close. And then over to the west, we should see the same size quake break out over here next to the Gulf of Aden, number seven shaped bend of the Carlsberg Ridge. And what happened? A new 4.6 struck 859 UTC within the last hour. Wouldn't you call a 4.6 at the number seven shaped bend of the Carlsberg Ridge in Iran about the same size as the 4.8 coming around the other way? The only thing missing now is the Gulf of Aden. Why? Why would the Gulf of Aden need to get hit? It's the only other spot for the energy to flow out to. It's going up through Myanmar. It's going out to the west. It's gone up in Iran. USGS doesn't even have the Iran quake yet, by the way. I just need to make note of that. Hold on. Let me make sure on that. Hold on. EMSC and EMSC. Geophone Potsdam has it. Geophone University of Tehran has it. But the USGS if you check the USGS site, is omitting this quake. It's omission. It's over 4.5. They report smaller earthquakes elsewhere on the planet. Now, why would they omit a quake? What would you do if I told you that the earthquakes that the USGS showed you dramatically lack the ability to see the connection between region to region on purpose? That they're not reporting the quakes to you. That's simply what I'm saying. That they're not giving you the quakes that connect from region to region because you would see a connection. You'd start to see equidistantly spaced quakes going across a huge area, and you'd start to realize there's a spread of something going on, more than earthquakes. There's a spread of something that's causing the earthquakes. 
The force that causes the earthquakes is this spreading wave, dropping off fives or fours or sixes or whatever, depending on the size of the wave, along the way. And it's going and following these, spreading out from where the force is starting all the way over here. Anyway, to keep you all ignorant, they don't show you. Straight up, it's a 4.6. Iran, halfway point between these two sets of quakes, like a balancing scale, where we have earthquakes on this side, 4.6, 4.7. We have earthquakes on this side, 4.6, 4.7. And in the middle, we get a 4.6 to 4.7. Again, like it's balancing on this, the red line between the two areas that are moving. Amazing, right? It's even more amazing that the equal spacing of the quakes going across an uneven area, that the standing wave was missed by all the professionals. Obviously, they were not using multiple feeds to see the true amount of earthquakes, first of all. But if you did look, you would start to see the spacing. You'd say, wow, hold on, those are somewhat equally spaced across a vast distance that's supposedly random. Now, speaking of the other areas that we had warned, the North Island of New Zealand has been struck by a magnitude less than expected. If you take the 4.7 plus the 4.1, we're at 4.81. There's a 4.5 up to the north, but we'll just count these two right here. Now, I warned for up to 5.5 on the North Island. Look where both sets of rings overlap. Do you see that? Let's wait for it to refresh. So we warn for up to 5.5, and instead we get like a 4.9's worth of energy. But let's just call it a 5's worth of energy spread out across the North Island on both sides. Up here at the Catcher's Mitt, we talked about the Catcher's Mitt position in my last update. It looks like a Catcher's Mitt, the Bay of Plenty, there in New Zealand. Now it's been hit directly, and down here off the east-southeast coast of, let's just call this off the central coast of New Zealand, east of Kaikoura. Now, in the middle, where both rings overlap, that's where our warning is. North of Wellington, North Island of New Zealand. And the warning still has two days to go. So you got a five on both sides. In the middle is where the warning is. I'll already call it a hit. We're within 200 miles of the center of where I warned. I'm trying to get it down to 200 miles. Now, let's go over and talk about Central America. South America and the United States. Central America. What would you do if I told you the same-sized earthquakes that struck in the West Pacific struck in the East Pacific? And we went right down to our warned area of Haiti, Dominican Republic, and Puerto Rico. So we talked about east side of Dominican Republic and north side of Puerto Rico. We told you to watch for up to 5.5. And 4.6 to 4.9, if you add them together, it equals 4.7 plus a 3.9. Came rolling in all across it. The only spot left to get hit is literally the north side of Puerto Rico. I still think we're going to get it. I still think we'll get that five. We're already there. We're within the magnitude. I could just check it off the list now and say, look, here, eastern side moved. It's That's it. But I still think we're dealing with a five. Look at all the other activity going all the way down the coast. It looks like a jumbled mess. But again, you got to remember this wave thing, the standing wave thing. And when you remember the standing wave thing, then you go back and look at the quakes, and you see that they're all the same size within a hair of a point of each other. 4.5, 4.6, and 4.7. Spreading out along the coast somewhat evenly along this, the South American plate boundary. Now notice, USGS site. USGS site has three of the quakes. 24 hours, look what we've got. 
48 hours, here's 48. Here's 24. So I'm just going to say it. USGS site's not showing you the standing wave. You have to combine the feeds because the Europeans are showing us a good amount of the earthquakes and the USGS is not. When you combine the two, you're getting the true picture or a truer picture of the spread. And the people who use the USGS site only or the European site only and don't compare the two and combine them are woefully ignorant of what's going on. And it's sad because it's not an ignorance like, you know, somebody's being mean to you. It's a scientific ignorance. It's lack of knowing ignorance, like literally ignoring. Going up to the north, we had the same size quakes that struck across the west and to the east. The only thing missing are the fives at this point. The fours have all filled in, and guess what size we're dealing with up in Alaska? You guessed it, same size. Four, 4.1 to 4.6 over the past two days. The only thing that we're now waiting for is for Alaska's bend in the plate here to fill in with a new 4 to 4.6. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you start talking about the whole planet moving on the same basis from New Zealand to Japan, from Japan all the way to the United States and across Central and South America, it means this is two days worth of quakes. Two days. And so we're talking about a lot of movement in a short period of time. And it takes a lot of energy to do that. Now, then what that means is bigger earthquake activity is coming in between where the deep earthquakes are. If these are what's causing all the activity to spread out and away, we look between them for the big breaks to start to happen. And there's only a few spots that are in between, wouldn't you say? If you, what's the halfway point between these two sets of deep quakes on either side like bookends? It brings us right down here into the middle of this whole hot mess that you can see on the screen. It's Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea again. Uh, there's another halfway point. If you take a triangulated halfway point between all three sets of deep earthquakes, that puts us more right into western Papua New Guinea, right here, where there's another set of quakes, like a separate target, targeting us in. The overlap point where all three sets of rings overlap is the spot to watch. So if you're looking at all three sets, you look to the western Papua New Guinea. If you're watching the two sets, you look to the eastern Papua New Guinea. It means that we're going to be seeing a big earthquake in Papua New Guinea very soon. Something way bigger than what's on all sides. At least a magnitude to two magnitudes larger. And Okay. We're at fours now, so if we go up two magnitudes, we go up to mid-range six. The forecast already stands for mid-range six. United States, Canada, got a new earthquake reported off the coast 4.4 up off the coast of bc got a new 4.0 over here in idaho over next to chalice the chalice reserve also a new 4.0 earthquake down in colorado that was from a day ago now all of these are on the edge of the north american craton so the craton is something you're going to need to remember if you're new here you just got to remember this diagram the rusty brownish part going to the purple part the rusty brownish part goes through Yellowstone up in the northwest, directly through the middle of the park. Then it goes down through central Colorado following the Continental Divide. It goes down through New Mexico, makes a bend through Texas, then back over to the New Madrid, and then down through the south United States, along the coast almost, and then up the east coast. Now remember that because that's the way the earthquakes flow. Look at the last week's worth of earthquakes. Last seven days. And let me just show you first. Here's our fours. Here's our threes. Here's our two, or there's our threes. Here's our twos. 
Here's our ones. So do you notice anything? Fours, threes, twos, ones. Fours off the west coast, fours going as far east as Colorado. Edge of the Craton, Colorado. Fours going down to Texas, 3.9. Then we take a step down to twos once we get over to the east, and then ones up the east coast. It's indisputable. That's what's going on. The earthquakes go down through Texas and back up the east coast in seven days' time. It's done this every week that I've been keeping track for the last 12 years. I showed this to the top professor of geophysics from the Pacific Northwest. He mocked and ridiculed me and told me it was chance and coincidence. That was eight years ago. So, there's a spread of earthquakes going across the edge of the plate. Why would a professional deny it? That's the question. And I, I don't have an answer for that. They just denied it, said it was chance. That there couldn't be a spread of earthquakes, they said, because elasticity says, the equations of elasticity, they said, says that a four on the west coast cannot cause a four down in Texas. There has to be some absorption of power. And I said back to this professor, you said, you are not understanding what I'm saying. It's not that a four on the west coast is causing a four in a swarm down in Texas on the edge of the craton. It's that both the four off the west coast and the four down in Texas are both being caused by a wave of the same size that's spreading out across this mass or every mass that we're talking about, in this case, the United States. So it's not one earthquake causing the other. It's that the wave is causing the quakes, and the wave is spreading across this distance, and it's dropping off the same size quakes within a hair of a point of each other all the way along the way. And that's why I've got a warning going on the New Madrid seismic zone right in the middle in, in our open area. If this is a standing wave, the next spot to be filled in is the open silent trough of the wave. The peak will come up at the middle of the next open trough. The open trough is the New Madrid seismic zone. In between, Like a two-arm scale, we're out of balance. On one side, we've got a bunch of weight. On the other side, we've got a little. It's going to transfer through the middle, and that's where the new break is going to take place. If this is a two-arm scale, we're leaning to the left, and it's going to lean to the right. And as it leans to the right, it's going to break in the middle on the teetering point, you know, like a seesaw or teeter-totter principle. But now we're talking linear, and we're talking across something, just so you know. But think of a teeter-totter. Think of a two-arm scale. But apply that across a huge distance, and you're bouncing back and forth in between with a wave. <laughs> think of it like that, you know. Just imagine a wave on a scale, you know, kids? Use your imagination. Come on, sing the imagination song with me, everyone. We're here on YouTube. I can't sing it. I'll break a copyright, but... Okay, something about imagination. So this little update is just to bring you up to speed on the current seismic, how it works, which way it's flowing. Do you want to go look up the small earthquakes? United States, shall we go look up the small earthquakes? We got one lone two right over here at the Kentuck border with Ohio. Now there's been a lot going on in Ohio See how it says Ohio-Kentucky border region? Well, there's been a lot of train derailments taking place across the region. And I would like to point out, the day after that train derailment, the first one with the vinyl chloride, the earthquake struck, the one we were looking for. So, I don't know. We just have to point that out. 
But there are some other things that are here nearby that are actually interesting and worth talking about. So first of all, here's our borders and labels. We're on the Kentucky border. To the north, we have Ohio. Now, all the way up in northeast Ohio, we've got fracking. I don't think there's any fracking operations down here to the south. Pretty sure there are uh, none down here to the south. But there are a boatload of large quarries. And whenever I see large quarries and power lines and I see them spread out over a large area, I start to wonder if there's something else there worth looking into. Is there some other feature here that we're missing? And of course, we've got the rivers passing through here, but now the rivers have been bypassed. And you can see, obviously, for instance, where the old river flowed and goes around to the new one. Uh, I just, I start to wonder about the quarry if that could be playing into the earthquake activity. Now, I'm not saying the quarries are causing the quakes. I'm saying that the quarries are man-made perforations in the surface. Now, is Camp Dix an old military fort of some kind? I don't know. I don't know. Camp Dix. Is this some kind of military place that I don't know about? We should have it marked. If it was military, it'd be marked. Anyway, I see the quarries nearby. I start to wonder. Surface fissure fracturing between quarries or next to quarries. We've seen it elsewhere. Now, we are on the edge of the Craton. That earthquake is on the edge of the Craton. One more time, Craton diagram. Look on the east side. And the 2.1 is the same size as what's coming out of Oklahoma over at our pumping operations. So Oklahoma's drill points, ceiling Oklahoma 2.1 to 2.2, down at a 12-kilometer depth. And so we're going to go out of the northeast, coming out of Kentucky, Ohio border region, going over here to the Midwest. Look what we've got. Oil and gas. Drill, baby, drill. And there's a lot of drill points across here. You see all our little gray and gravel-type pads. Every single one of those is a different oil or gas well. They just go on and on and on for miles and miles. So that's fracking for you right there in Oklahoma with the biggest of the bunch. Need I show you Texas? Do I have to show you? Down in Texas, it's just thousands, tens of thousands of drill points right in western Texas. Same with up in Colorado, a new earthquake striking in southern Colorado. I can just quickly zoom over the area with my mouse. I don't even need to... Know the earthquake epicenter to show you all the drill points. Look at them. Again, look at how many drill points we have here. Imagery date as of 2017, so they've done a lot more drilling since. And it just goes, this is just one Texas county. They have entire Texas counties. Most people are not aware that they've drilled this much. Again, whole Texas counties done this way. And we just go on and on and on all over the place. Anyway, we're on the edge of the Craton right here. That's where our drill points go out to. And that's where the earthquakes come down to. Right down to the start of the drill points. And then it follows it back up into Oklahoma to the drill points. Now, I mentioned Colorado. I can do the same thing in Colorado. I don't even need the coordinates for the earthquake. Because the whole area surrounding where the earthquake happened, is drilled. 
Earthquake happened on the Colorado side of the border right here next to Trinidad. Zooming in, you'll start to see the little square pads again. Little square pads are all oil and gas. I'm not against oil and gas at all, guys. I drive a Hummer H3. My plates say HARP. H-A-A-R-P. Go ahead and look it up. Not kidding. Yeah, if you ever see a Hummer H3 drive by on the highway, it has the plates that say HARP, that's me. Okay, anyway. So I have no problem with gas or oil or any of that crap. I'm just saying that the earthquakes along the edge of the Craton are being attracted to these drill points, just like the quarries over on the East Coast. Man-made perforations on the surface, like perforations in a cardboard box. Now, what's causing those perforations to get excited? Gee, I wonder what happens when you pass a standing wave of seismic energy through that area that's perforated. Whether it's quarries, whether it's mines, whether it's drill points from oil and gas, even geothermal. I'm not against steam. Although steampunk is somewhat washed up, no pun intended. I'm not against steam. But I will tell you about the drill points, the steam drill points that are getting hit. Like this big swarm out here in California. I don't want to lay it all on the oil companies. People think it's just the oil. It's any drill point that humans have gone in have created surface fissure fracturing. The nuke test sites get too. That's what these earthquakes are down here in South Nevada. Let's go up in the northwest and just take a quick gander at what's currently being reported. Four earthquakes or five earthquakes in Washington is somewhat low. A single earthquake at 37 kilometers north-northeast of Amboy, Washington. Do you want to see what's there? Come along with me on a voyage of discovery. Good morning, class, by the way. It is 4.58 a.m. Central Time. We are live on YouTube. On the 13th of March, 2023. Now look where we are. We're going on the inside of the lava dome, the rising dome inside of Mount St. Helens for our single earthquake to get reported out of Washington, southwest Washington. Meanwhile, Puget Sound just has a few small quakes on the Seattle Fault and our 4.0 earthquake over here in Idaho, Donnelly, Idaho. I haven't looked it up. I actually don't know what's at the earthquake epicenter in Idaho. Since we're looking up quakes, eh, let's go look it up. Ooh, we're on a body of water. What's the name of this place? Lake Cascade. Well, isn't that creatively named, considering we're on the Cascades? But let's go ahead and zoom out and just see. Do we have anything here nearby worth mentioning, other than Yellowstone up on the north side? northeast side. Yellowstone's over here. Now, most people don't know about the magma chamber for Yellowstone. The magma chamber for Yellowstone goes down below central Idaho. Now, they may be doing a lot of mining here. Look at that. A lot of surface mining. Anyway, uh, the magma chamber for Yellowstone starts at the surface. We all know about the surface and the park and the rise and fall, but it goes down. The magma chamber does down below this area through central Idaho, through the Chalice Reserve, Boise National, National Forest. And it's fed from a feeder far down below all the way over here in southeast Oregon, the magma chamber for Yellowstone. Now, this earthquake up here to the north is next to something else worth mentioning. But it's something that professionals have refused to identify, which is this. 
This giant crater-like feature, which I'm going to turn off all my volcano place marks. This giant crater-like feature right here. And I stand by it. This is something. Uh, it's not just a shape like that just by random. Uh, some kind of ancient blast caldera, maybe. Or lacolith, which has co collapsed. A lacolith is a bulge from magma that can happen. But it's the size of Yellowstone. It connects like a smiley face through the Snake River Plain, which is littered with its own volcanic flows. So, you know. Craters of the Moon is right there. And uh, Diamond Craters and Hell's Half Acre. Those are the names of the lava flows there. But back to this one. Again, we're right next to the big crater. This one. The big one. And we do have to mention it. What it is, I don't know. All I know is that it's there. It's a surface feature that is undeniably in the shape of a giant caldera. As we go down to the south, this swarm of earthquakes is also inside of another one. Another giant, unknown by professionals, what I consider to be caldera. And I'll show it to you and prove it to you. Zooming in on the next earthquakes down to the south. This. This giant oval shape. Now, this giant oval shape is, I've shown for years. The reason I've shown it is because earthquakes hit around it. All the way around the outside edge. Now, there's also something else here. Volcanoes around the outside edge. So now it's got volcanoes around the outside edge. Earthquakes around the outside edge. And two geothermal fields. One, Steamboat Springs. Down at the south, at Reno. The other, the Needles. At Pyramid Lake. Right here, geothermal. Top it all off, there's some weird stuff going on. This is the military base. It's, well, what's the name of this place? Hold on. Is it Hawthorne? No. Herlong? Sierra. The Sierra Army Depot. All right. We got the Army Depot right in there as well, the military base. And there's some other stuff in there that I've showed you previously that I'm not going to show you now. Stuff that raises eyebrows. Stuff that might get you asking some questions that I can't answer. So I don't want to show you. It's better if you just don't know. <laughs> All my viewers know what I'm talking about there. Starfork. Starfork. Giant Starfork. <laughs> okay, where are we? We're in a evaporated out old lake. What is this place? Pit River Arm. What is this? Shasta Lake. We're on the edge of Mount Shasta. So Shasta Lake. Shasta is a giant stratovolcano up here to the north. But you might actually just see, just to our east, we have Silver Lake and Latour Butte. Whenever I see earthquakes by Silver Lake or Latour Butte, I start watching for fires to break out in California. Whenever I... Do you hear me? Whenever I see earthquakes by Latour Butte, which I'll show you again where that is, here's our earthquake epicenter down here at the lake. And here over to the east is Latour Butte. This is Northern California. Whenever I see earthquakes up here, I look for fires down here. And also up to the north, big fires to break out. As we go over to the west, I told you about it, but I didn't show you. 
the steam drill points. Now I clicked on that quake and it said Cobb. If I click on this quake, it says the geysers. One tells you what's there. The other name does not tell you what's there. So geysers are at this location. I wonder what's causing the geysers. Some kind of underground heat, but I don't know what from. What could cause underground heat? Ah, that gets into an inner earth question. But I will tell you that right here is Clear Lake Volcano, Mount Konoktai, Kanakti. And next to it are a bunch of drill points where they're making steam go into pipes to go to turbines to go to these electrical substations to then put the power out. And that's where this big stack of quakes is. So on one side, we're at a giant crater. On the other side, we're at a giant crater that's been drilled. On the north side, we're next to two volcanic fields where I look to, for fires to start breaking out after I see earthquakes there. We go further to the south, and we have no earthquakes at the California side of the border along the California-Nevada border. But on the Nevada side, two. Two quakes. The number of quakes here is phenomenally low in comparison to where we've been in the past number of earthquake-wise. I call this low frequency. Think of somebody just hitting a snare drum every once in a while. Bop, 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 bop. They're not rolling the drum. Down to the south, you could say the drum's being rolled a little bit, that we're actually focusing in on Southern California at this point. So Southern California's got a lot more going on right now than Northern or Central California. Number of earthquake-wise. Around the L.A. Basin, for instance, going up even over towards Vandenberg and Lompoc. Vandenberg, Lompoc. Now we have drill points over here along the coast of all things, and down in the L.A. Basin, especially where the 1.3 is at Inglewood. We're right at the Baldwin Hills in Inglewood with the next quake down in, down to the south. And I'm not joking, we are going right down in the middle of the oil pumping operation for the next quake. And you see it, it's oil pumping operation in L.A. in Inglewood, North L.A. It's no wonder that's where the quake is. The other, over to the east, this gets a little bit more tricky, so we're going along the coast. You guys want to go see what's there? Newport Beach, California. I had the distinct pleasure of going here as a child. We stayed at this really ritzy hotel. I remember my father was, I'm 47 now, my father was working as high up executive at McDonnell Douglas at the time, which has since become Boeing. We stayed out there for like a month and a half. Saudi Prince came and stayed at the hotel we were at. They took over two wings of the Newporter Hotel. They had their own guards with automatic weapons, look like Uzis or something, standing on the roof of the hotel. Seriously, Saudi Prince staying at the place we were staying at. It was too awkward. It was really weird. I was like a kid. Anyway, real funny story, real ritzy. I don't know if it's real nice there anymore. It might have gone downhill. <laughs> yeah, we're still live, guys. It's 5.08 a.m. Central Time on the 13th of March, 2023. Now, look where the earthquake is. See what's on land right here? See where it says oil? See all these? These are super old oil wells. These oil wells go back to the 1800s, and some of them still have the spinning wheel-type well. Um, I don't know if we'll see it, but it's like it looks like a windmill almost. These giant spinning wheels instead of 
a regular jack or a pump that you would normally um, be used to seeing. Anyway, okay, so big oil pumping operation there right there along the coast. That's the leftover remnants of the huge oil pumping operation that used to span the whole front end right down there at the old downtown Newport Beach area. Pretty wild, right? Right off the coast, we have our earthquake. I wonder if that's tied to anything with uh, maybe the... You guys remember when that big pipeline broke out here? You got a bunch of oil? Look at that. You got offshore rigs out here that are putting that oil from the rigs via pipeline back to the shore. And you got your big oil break out there last year, right after earthquake struck right there. They tried to blame it on the anchor, remember? Then the sewage line out there broke for some reason. I don't know why they're running sewage lines out there, but they got a sewage line running out the ocean. It broke too. And that was all after the earthquake. So first the earthquakes hit, then the pipeline broke, then the sewer line broke. Big time pollution there on the coast. Well, we got earthquakes there again now. The rest of the activity down to the south is strictly on the San Jacinto Fault. It's making a diagonal line and the Elsinore, but mainly the San Jacinto, uh, west of Salton Sea. It goes down and focuses down south on the southeast side of Salton Sea, where the last earthquakes are reported. What's on the southeast side of Salton Sea? Southeast side of Salton Sea. Try saying that ten times fast. Salton Buttes, the Salton Volcano. Salton Butte Volcano and all the drill points that go into it to get steam for the turbines. That's where the earthquakes kind of bottom out down to the south. So let's recap. All of California is moving like we'd expect, but it's low central to north. I'm looking for a new break up here in northern California going as high as five point something. It probably will be in the four range, but I, as high as 5.1, 5.2. Probably 4.9 USGS. Anyway, Northern California should break. When we get that, we should see a new flow come down. We should see the number of earthquakes go dramatically up on the creeping section of the San Andreas, which itself will get hit by 4.0 level activity as the energy is coming down from the north. None of this has happened yet. Then finally, we have our warning going down in Southern California. Well, I no, I don't have a warning going there, but I'm talking about it now. Our warning now for Southern California on top of what's going to happen up north. Once north hits, you'll see the flow come down south, and by the end of this next seven-day time period, we'll see a new earthquake down in Southern California down next to Salt Sea again. Could be just south of the border like it hit last time. Last time when I warned Salt and Sea, it actually hit right here. So, Baja. Okay, all right. So that's an update for you live. Who did I miss? Hawaii. Got some viewers out in Hawaii. There are some viewers out there. Aloha. Now, we're watching in Hawaii for a magnitude and a half increase. I don't know if you guys care too much about this. Should go up into the 4.5 range. But I'm not issuing any watches, warnings, or anything for Hawaii until Kamchatka goes. I learned my lesson last time. We watch for Kamchatka first. Up here, then it flows down over into the Hawaiian island chain and into Hawaii. The wave. The wave I've been talking about this whole time. So it's all really determined. Hawaii starts to move after we see big movement going on up here. And it's been quiet up here over at Kamchatka where the Russians are, right? Okay. So that's all tied together. Getting back to the West Pacific. This is where our big activity is coming up. Our big deep earthquake activity. 
has anything struck since starting this update? A new four? A new four struck back over in Turkey. Looks like a four, yeah. Four in Turkey and a few twos. Nothing major. Okay, that's good. Now, let me remind everybody, you need to have an emergency plan dealing with earthquakes in particular, but you just need to know what to do when an earthquake strikes, which is to take shelter underneath a table or a desk. The more important thing I would think, aside from taking shelter and protecting yourself from immediately falling objects, is to have an emergency kit. Will you please do it? Will you please get an emergency kit together? It'll come in handy for all sorts of things, not just earthquakes. Anything from a fire or a flood evacuation to maybe just even losing your set of car keys or an ID. That you need to have an extra ID, extra set of keys. All kinds of food and water for yourself and anybody around you. You need to have that into a bag and ready to go. Change of clothes, set of shoes, batteries, flashlight. You do not want to rely on your phone's flashlight to try and see anything more than a few feet at the most with your phone flashlight. So up your game. Time to dust off your emergency kits and be prepared. Everybody else, what do you think, man? I'm back here on YouTube. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? I'm live on YouTube. How many people are here? 800? That's eight times more people. No, no, no. Way more. 2,149 while I'm live talking, doing an update. On Twitch, when I was live, 200 at the most. So we are scores higher in reaching people live on YouTube. And my goal of doing this live is to reach as many people as possible around the dang world when it comes to earthquake forecasting. So let's go ahead and save this. We'll save it. We'll go ahead and put it back on YouTube as a premiere. If you can, if you missed any part of this update, it will be back on YouTube in just a few. I'm going to go upload it as a video now. And we'll play it back, and there'll be a chat room there on the premiere where you can take part in chat in the premiere. Now, let me wrap up this update by telling everybody that I am now doing a few sponsorships. I am sponsoring a few channels and a few other operations that I would encourage you guys to look into. And I will put links down below to this down in the description so that you can come back and check it out. I am sponsoring Dark Horse Genetics out of Colorado. And I am sponsoring Our Ladies Inn here in the St. Louis area who takes care of mothers and children who are financially destitute and can't take care of their children or want to save their pregnancies and so forth. And Dark Horse Genetics, name speaks for itself out in Colorado. If you don't know what I'm talking about, no big deal. But you can check them out, and I'll put links down below. I'm trying to get the word out across the spectrum from everybody to everybody on earthquake forecasting and being prepared. I want everyone to be prepared. I'm going to have to reach out into, into crews and crowds that I never would have thought I'd be reaching. And this is just the start of who I'm sponsoring. Just wait. You're going to love it. I've got all kinds of stuff lined up. Now, the final thing I'd like to point out to everybody, if you want to support my operation on YouTube, you can become a member. And I will do live streams every once in a while, probably every few months, for members, where we can interact as members. And you can ask me questions directly. And we can do a question and answer session in the membership section. That's for paying members. It's gravy on top. You wouldn't miss anything if you're not a paying member. I'm just saying for people who want to support, there's now a membership option 
here on YouTube. Super chat as well. No pressure. I'm not I'm not hurting. We're doing okay. We're doing all right. Me and the Duchess, Duchess and I, she's doing better than I am. And, oh, final note. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, Duchess is going to be rolling out a line of her own art-produced products. So, they're going to be art-related, so it's not earthquake-related. But it will go in to help my operation, and we're going to auction them. I am also going to be doing some paintings. This is going to be hilarious. Oh, I'm going to paint some still lifes of my office and a few other things. Whatever it comes out to, I don't care if it's stick people or whatever. I'll put a lot of work into it so it'll be more than stick people. But we're going to auction that stuff, the artwork that we're making. I'm also making geopolymer of my own mix, my, making my own stone. Not concrete, I'm talking actual stone, looks like limestone. Making my own geopolymer, and we're going to make ashtrays and sell ashtrays. <laughs> oh, and candlesticks too. Candlesticks too. Instance burning sticks too, I suppose, for my hippie viewers. Okay, that those are the updates, so go check out those things. Dark Horse Genetics, our ladies in. Links will be down below. Duchess and I are going to have stuff up for auction that'll be on our own eBay, I think. And that'll be art-related and very unique items that... Again, collector's items from Dutch Sense. Who could pass that up, right? It's way better than merch. You guys have a good morning, afternoon, evening, or night. And now this YouTube live stream, I'll leave on for the next hour. And then you'll see the YouTube live stream shut off. This was just a test to see how it works on YouTube. And then I'll be firing it back up in the next few days. Once I have the appropriate setup to run both Twitch and YouTube. Right now, I can only run one or the other. I've got one computer. I can't simultaneously stream according to Twitch rules and all kinds of stuff. So I'm not looking to break any rules. So we'll be streaming here. I'm going to hit off in about an hour on YouTube. You can sit here and watch the globe spin for an hour if you want. It'll be quiet. No music because we're on YouTube. Peace out.